Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We come to eighth time. They get their work in, man. Let's go. Great day. Great day. Oh, give me some juice, baby. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. We are live from Radio Row in Las Vegas, Nevada at the Mandalay Bay at the Convention Center. Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne with you. Day three of Radio Row here brought to you by Yingling Flight. They got us here. Now we're doing the best we can with what God gave us here on Radio Row and uh, taking you up to Kansas City and San Francisco Sunday, a game you can hear right here on Sports Radio 610. I'm Sean Pendergast. He is Seth Payne. A very good morning to you, my friend. Good morning, and uh, happy Jose Altuve Day to you. Indeed. I don't know, do we call it Jose Altuve Day? Yes. Well, that officially. I feel like there already is a official Jose Altuve Day. Some every, mayor somewhere tried to glom onto him. Every day yeah. is Jose Altuve Day. Yeah. Jose Altuve will now become the first second baseman to have $300 million in guaranteed money. Giddy up. Uh, yeah. That's, Giddy up. So Altuve signs a five-year extension. Yeah. And he'll be here through age 39 at least if, yep. he, if he continues to play. Yeah. Yeah. If you missed it yesterday, it came down right, yep. came down right in the middle of the afternoon show. Um, but yeah, that's the big news. We're here at Super Bowl on Radio Row, but the big news back in Houston. We just want you guys to know we're not ignoring what's going on back in Houston. Yeah. We realize the big news back in Houston is that Jose Altuve, and I'm using the words of the organization, Astro for life. Five years, $125 million in new money. Contract starts next year, so yeah. this will take him through 2029. So he's an Astro for six more seasons. He, he would have been a free agent after next year. And I guess people were starting to get a little bit uh, hand-wringy over this thing just because there's so many other free agents that the Astros have to consider. Were you? Not really, just because Altuve always has extended these things ahead of schedule. He's a client of Scott Boris, who's notorious for getting his guys big free agency deals, and yet... He's he's signed ahead of schedule the yeah. last two times he did it. He's the most unBoris like Boris client in the history of baseball. Boris must hate it. <laughs> Boris must be like Boris just keeps trying to. Boris is like that guy that keeps hitting on a woman that just he, he, he keeps saying no. But eventually, after like twenty years, maybe she relents. Yeah, Boris and marries is, him. What's the rate? Four percent for an agent? Is that what it is? I don't know what it is in 4%? baseball. Let's depends. call it four yeah. percent. Boris has been calculating four percent of three hundred million forever. Now he's like one twenty-five. What yeah. the hell, man? Yeah. yeah. So. I uh, it, look, we know this about Altuve. Altuve is very good at not going with the flow. He did not participate in the being better than everybody else scandal, and he does not participate in Scott Boris's shenanigans. Scott Boris is uh, the, the evil, evil, greedy, grasping for for more and taking the beloved players out of our grasp. How do you view this? 
within the context of the Astros trying to put the rest of their roster together for the next few years? Because I, I was listening to the drive yesterday when this news came down, and, and, and appropriately so. They went from you know celebrating Jose Altuve signing this deal to, yeah. okay, they're still trying to get Kyle Tucker done. They're still trying to get Alex Bregman done. Bregman's mm-hmm. probably the, Bregman is probably the one that is easiest to draw a comparison to because this is you know a veteran guy who you're trying to get on his second or third contract here, um, and they have the same expiration date, if so to speak. Uh, you know, they've got one year left till free agency. Altuve doesn't anymore, but Bregman still does. And Bregman's viewed as the dicier situation, I think, of these two. I don't know that I necessarily view this like, all right, well, they're spending this money on Altuve for the next five years, and that this is somehow taking money away from Bregman or Tucker or Framber Valdez or anything like that. I almost feel like, of all players, and this includes Justin Verlander too, uh, that Jim Crane views Jose Altuve on a separate budget than all these guys. I, guess, I mean, he might feel that psychologically, but yeah. at the end of the day, it all goes towards that same competitive balance. I know task. functionally. I know, does. yeah, I know. I, 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 I feel like to psychoanalyze you at four oh three a.m. Mm-hmm. Vegas time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that might be that might be your own uh, kind of might be a me bucket, bucketing. Yeah, because okay. well, even if Crane does feel that way, and as Crane said. Altuve is the only guy that's been around there as long as as Crane himself has been. Yeah. Who was their first signing with? Uh, oh, that was Luno. Was um, anyway um, <laughs> the, the first trade there, the utility infielder. Marwin. Uh, yeah, Marwin was yeah. the first uh, first trade. There. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, Altuve and Crane have been there the longest. Yeah. And so I do think I do think psychologically for him it's a different it's a different expenditure. Yes. And yet at the same time. It all adds up to that same competitive balance tax, so it does it. It does affect and, and flow over into. Yeah, it. yeah. Well, then they're over that now with signing Hater. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're over that that threshold now with signing Josh Hater. I was just I I'm I'm trying to think of like if I'm trying to think of this Altuve thing. If this is a harbinger of anything, or if this is something where okay, well we got Altuve done. We made this yeah. splurge okay. with Hater, yeah. And now all of a sudden, yeah. okay, is are the Kyle Tucker and Framber Valdez talks okay. something that we're now like shutting down for the rest of? Yeah, the that's where I think we're all in the same psychological budget. Bu- uh, bucket now, you, me, and Jim Crane. <laughs> Just one big. We're swimming around in this bucket. Three very prominent Houstonians. Yes, yeah. Uh, I think that this was a, a sentimental purchase. Like yeah. as much as obviously Altuve is still very, very good at baseball, notwithstanding the two stretches of injury time off he had last mm-hmm. year. But he's still very, very good at baseball. Um, but to, to extend him to to lock him down for the next six years on into his age thirty nine season, yeah. that's uh, that that was as much emotional as it was strategic. This is a hometown deal. Make no mistake about it. Because when you look at the way it's structured, it's five years, one hundred twenty five million dollars. So twenty five million a year. That starts next year. Yeah, okay, so yeah. it starts in 2025. We should make that clear. So Jose Altuve is going to be an Astro for at least six more seasons, barring something unforeseen. But it's a $15 million signing bonus, so he'll get that this year. And then $30 million a year for 2025 through 2027 takes him into his late 30s. And then $10 million a year for 2028 and 2029. I think that's where when the Astros go Astro for life and they label it that, I think that's where you look at the structure of the deal and you go, okay, because clearly this thing is structured in a way where the salaries start to wind down as he gets into his late 30s. And that's why I say, Seth, that it's a hometown deal because most deals for a player of the caliber of Altuve, teams are having to pay that late in the career tax of paying the guy $30 million a year to be bad for the last few years. Yeah, Altuve yeah. has kind of sat down clearly with the Astros and Boris and said, look, we still want to be paid like a premier player for 2024 through 2027, but then we realize in 2028 and 2029 where he's a second baseman in his late 30s, 
that he may not be that anymore. And look, these things are all open to renegotiation if he's still performing at a high level, obviously. But the way this thing is structured right now, February 7th, 2024, um, this looks like a deal, structured like a deal where this is a player who's realizing, um, here's my arc, and about late in this decade here is when I'm going to start to probably diminish a little bit. That's a good point, too, just in terms of... Since this is partly a sentimental purchase, which we would all make, it goes a, both I, ways. I totally approve of yeah. it. Yeah, that Altuve recognizes and understands. He's sentimental as well. That, like, I don't want to be the guy that's sitting here making a, making Pujols money right. while I'm not producing for the team. Right to the point where people start to start to resent me for it. Yeah, like, whatever level of resentment you could possibly have for him. Yep, like he doesn't want them to have for it. Yeah, that that part of it is very team friendly. He's been. I mean, yeah, his last extension was two years before. Before he was due to hit free agency, right, and right. that was as much again. That was as much about the Astros. The the first extension, two extensions ago, that was the Astros basically saying, "Like, all right, you're worth a lot more." They than did this. him a solid. Yeah, well, he signed yeah. one of those deals early in his career that was clearly he was way outperforming. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, so this is good. This is a to do that I'm very glad they checked off right now before before spring training gets here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, five years, buck twenty five for Jose Altuve, Astro for life. Yeah, the the way some of this was tweeted about, I, I the first text I gave to Brandy, I, I I said that he signed a three hundred million dollar contract, which didn't make any sense at all. And then uh, the way the way a couple of the tweets were worded was that he will make over the course of his career three hundred million guaranteed. Will have made, yeah, um, yeah. Or yeah. it wasn't worded that way. That's the way it should have been worded. Yeah, they, they basically said Jose Altuve with three hundred million Dude. guaranteed. I was like, what the hell is Crane doing? I if, thought he lost. Yeah, if you had told me that, like if that was the first report I heard about the contract, I'm like, oh great, great. They've got him signed through the age of forty six. Yeah. Awesome. See, Brandy gets the stream of consciousness text from me. I, I text her to that, and I was like, that can't be right. Let me go recheck. And uh, <laughs> I get some of those from you from time to time. The stream of consciousness text. A little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You survived a laundromat yesterday. I got those texts. I went to a laundromat just because I had... Uh, you were impressed that I that I just brought a small carry on. I was super yeah. impressed, dude. I yeah. mean, I looked like Diana Ross there wheeling up my my, my bag. <laughs> you know, the old owner of the Rams, <laughs> yeah, what, Georgia what? Frontier. Georgia Frontier. I was Georgia the... Frontier going to the Super Bowl. I was like Reba McIntyre, <laughs> and I'm wheeling up this big bag, a... and I see Seth at the airport, and he's got something that's basically the size of a lunchbox with all his clothes in it. I'm like, that's impressive. For those of you who don't remember, there was a story about the Rams owner when they showed up at the Super Bowl. They it took like an extra. It took like an extra half hour to load up the plane because she had thirty trunks that packed was, for the yeah. week. That, that was uh, me. No, but I. I usually just if I'm staying for a week, I just plan on doing laundry because I'm going to be working out and sweating. So I'm like, all right, I'll just go do some laundry. So I thought I vetted this one out pretty well. Yeah, uh, I got a real bad vibe when I got what there. Happened? Well, I walked in and I just it was. Uh, it was all it was all coins. There was no like kind of credit card system, oh, the yeah. little old debit school. card system. It's old school. Yeah, but I didn't have any cash on me. Yeah. So I look out at this like rundown, this rundown shopping plaza that we were in. Yeah. And I'm like, I gotta walk. There might be a there might be an ATM down in that convenience store, but I gotta walk past ten different dudes leaning <laughs> up against the wall to get there. I'm like, I'm, scared I'm just cat. gonna go ahead and pay for wash and fold <laughs> and, and get the hell out of have here. Have you picked it up yet? No, I haven't. Okay, I'm anxious but to the, get the report back. This is you. the part I felt guilty about though, because yeah. I was out, uh, I was waiting for the Uber to show up, mm-hmm. and I, I I saw him coming, so I went out in the parking lot. And I, I could see a woman kind of like dragging her leg behind me. And she was like, sir, 
Sir, and I'm just gonna ignore. It. Just like Uber's up there. Uber's at a traffic light. It was the longest traffic light ever in the history of traffic yeah, lights. Yeah. I've got my backpack around my, uh, you know, shoulder. Right. And I could hear her getting closer, like dragging her foot. Sir, I'm like, I don't have any cash on me. I don't like what I. So I, and finally, I'm like, ah, geez, all right. I turned around and she says, Sir. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, ma'am. What? She's like, your, your zipper on your backpack is open. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. That was it nice of is. her. I felt, and I felt so bad. That you were being uh, so dismissive yeah, being of her? such a jerk, and yet I didn't have anything to give, her, to, give to her other than, like, I could have gone in or gotten some dirty laundry uh, or something. to Poor, <laughs> poor clubfoot lady. <laughs> Would she have a clubfoot or something like that? She had a lot going on. She did. Okay. She was definitely. I mean, she was. Uh, she was. Like she was a rough you to Diagnose. Her. It wasn't just like. Yeah, it was, <laughs> she had. She had a lot going on. Okay. She hadn't slept inside in a while. Okay. And, but I still. Gotcha. But she didn't ever. Never once asked me for anything. Right. So I felt really no, bad she was that doing I didn't you have a, anything. She was doing you a solid. I asked her if I could Venmo or some money or something, <laughs> and she nothing. No. That would have been a tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My Venmo. <laughs> at Clubfoot Lady. <laughs> All right, Peyton Pendergast with you. We're live on Radio Row. Big thanks to. Yingling Flight for uh, presenting us here out in out in Las Vegas here on Radio Row. We are excited to be here. We're with you for the rest of the week, live from uh, the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Also, the folks at Low T Center. Big thanks to them for sending us out here. And if you're watching on the YouTube or the Twitch stream, uh, Bull Shirts is the uh, that that's who got us these. These sweet golf shirts that we have. These are the best that we've ever had since I've been I'm gonna, here. I'm going to test their technological limits this morning. That. Uh Last evening's coming coming out of me in sweat already. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for bull shirts? There's not even people in here yet. Yeah, so man. Thank you, bull shirts, for giving me something a, that breathes. We had a hell of a night last night. Yeah. I warned you, Seth. There would be a point where the I, the later I stay up, the more it meets the quality of the show. Today might be that day. If not, definitely oh, tomorrow. Yeah, we need to exchange uh, room numbers. This is the uh, the just to be sure that if I have to oh down you got to come up yeah today was the closest we came to that but we're yeah. here we're here scoreboard we are here um, so thanks to Bull Shirts thanks to Low T Center big thanks to Yingling Flight for uh, getting us here and you can hear the big game right here on Sports Radio six ten Sunday night our big game coverage is brought to you by Solo Stove feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit get yours now at solostove.com. up next C J Stroud on the Pivot Podcast. When did he feel like, yes, I am a top-tier QB in the NFL, and he's got some good stuff on his mindset going into games. Good trash-talking, good trash-talking audio from C.J. Stroud coming up next. Hey, everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Yingling Flight presents Sports Radio 610 live from Radio Row. Coming to you live from Las Vegas, here's Payne and Pendergast. CJ Stroud, he was on the Pivot podcast earlier this week. And um, good appearance for CJ Stroud. CJ is, I mean, you walk around Radio Row, Seth, and we'll get to the audio from the Pivot podcast in just a second. But I know we talked to... 
people from other cities here at Radio Row. That's yeah. why I like coming here. You get to you get out of your ecosystem a little bit, and you get to kind of dip your toe in the water and go, okay, is C.J. Stroud as big a deal as we think he is in Houston? And I would say of all the things that you and I, uh, I know that in conversations I had that I get asked about when it comes to covering sports in Houston, C.J. Stroud is at the very, very, very top of the list. Yeah, I think uh, part of it is that he's had such universal praise from actual quarterbacks themselves and former coaches about <clears throat> just how advanced he is in his process and, mm-hmm. and how you just flat out don't see the the types of things that CJ does you don't see it out of rookies and right. from guys like Kurt Warner or others who aren't hot take artists necessarily it, that that that's almost universal I have yet to find a guy that you know has anything negative to say about all of those things that supposedly were what separated him from Bryce Young in a bad way. In a bad way, All right. the processing stuff and everything. You know, Bryce Young was supposed to be a damn genius with mm-hmm. all that stuff. And C.J. Stroud can't even, couldn't even sign his name to the S2, basically. <laughs> he <laughs> got the minimum <laughs> score. Got, he got his middle name wrong on the S2. Good job getting test. your name right, C.J. Yeah. Um, here was C.J. Stroud. He's on the Pivot Podcast, which is Ryan Clark, Fred Taylor, and Channing Crowder, yes, right? Yes, yes, The yes. three of them had him on the podcast, and they asked him, when did you know, when did you feel like you were a top quarterback in this league. And we played week three against Jacksonville. Yeah. I, mean, I went trim on them boys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, Fred, yeah. Nah, it's, all lo- it's, it's, it's all love. The thing, the thing that was crazy about it, though, is because I had so much respect for Jacksonville. Right, right. And I think they kind of came in like, oh, that's a rookie quarterback. Yeah. And like, that was the last time that happened. Like, right. we played the Steelers week two. They didn't treat me like a re- Like, the rest of the season, I never got treated like a rookie quarterback. Because yeah. they would just blitz me, blitz me, blitz me. I just would pick it apart. Like, you bless me, I'm going to go there. Like, I just played a game, you know, against the D.C. You know, you want to take this away? Okay, I'm going to be smart take the check down. And it took about, like, three weeks, four weeks to get used to that. I was always trying to take the shot, trying to get squeeze the little window. Like, sometimes just taking that completion definitely helped. But, like, back to uh, you, like, saying my, like, numbers and everything. Like, that was my first time ever, like, hearing that out loud. So I appreciate you just doing that. I, I didn't do you the service that you deserve. You missed two games. I did miss two games. <laughs> <laughs> We, this ain't the old Houston Texans. Like, nah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess he's referring to the two games he missed with the concussion there at the end. I thought it was interesting in that cut early on where he referred to the Pittsburgh game, which was week four on the schedule, yeah. as week two. Um, because he says the Jacksonville game is that week That was when three. he really started being a quarterback. Yeah, almost, well, and yeah. I think and I, and I know I've referred to it as like those first two games, yeah. the, the Baltimore opener and yeah. the Indianapolis home game in week, in, in week two at NRG Stadium. That those are almost all year long. I've looked at those as being on this separate island. They were almost an extension of the preseason to me. Yeah, those two yeah. games because the team looked so different than they wound up looking starting in Jacksonville in Week Three. And I think if I were sitting here going, "Okay, did CJ get this answer right?" You know, his opinion is the one that matters. But I got my own opinion on it. Uh, yeah, I think Week Three in Jacksonville, and then for sure, like to me, to me, the Week Four game, which CJ referred to as Week Two, the Pittsburgh game. That was the game where I thought, like, okay, that, that was the game where the Texans as a team, I'm like, all right, yeah. we might have something on our hands now with this team. Yeah. You know, they blew was, out Pittsburgh. After those first two games, uh, I think collectively the fan base was bracing themselves for Honey what might be a really tough season. Yeah, yeah. I don't, it wasn't like, I don't think people were bailing or anything. But, well, we know after that, after that first home game, 
it, to, with Vindy, it, uh, we definitely got a lot of dicey, feedback from man. people like, well, yeah, no, no, they're still the same thing. Yeah. Which, understandably so. They didn't show up. Nope. They didn't show up from the very beginning. They let Anthony Richardson run untouched, um, nearly untouched, uh, for two touchdowns yeah. in the first quarter. It was really ugly. And a lot of people just thought, figured, like, okay, well, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a long process. Yeah, that Jacksonville game was when it felt a lot different. The interesting thing about that was I know from um, what Bucky Brooks had said, Bucky Brooks of the NFL Network, who also is the color commentator for Jaguars games, he said going into that game, the Jaguars coaches had told him this kid is He's the truth. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so even in those first couple games, he did enough that they could tell he was operating on oh, a different yeah. level, and then everything obviously just kind of kind of clicked in that Jacksonville game. I was trying to remember back to when it felt like Deshaun Watson had his first real, like, oh, okay, that's uh, a... And I think it was for him. I think it was the third game versus New England, wasn't it? It was the second game. Well, the third game of the season, his his second start. His second start, right, yeah. New England. Right, yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. Because the Cincinnati game, it was more like it was one big run and a whole it was a great defensive 13 effort. 13-9 to nine was yeah. the final score. It didn't feel like a real quarterbacking effort, but that, that New England game was where he threw for over 300 yards. They should have won that game. Yeah. He was making plays in that game where you go, okay, he was making plays like CJ makes where we go, oh, my God, that happened in an NFL game. I remember yeah. a throw Deshaun made rolling to his left, and he threw it back across the field to Ryan Griffin. You know, like a, yeah. like all the way back across the That's, field rolling yeah. to his left, and I'm going, all right, well, this kid's different. You can see the vision yeah. with Deshaun. He kind of had that sixth sense. Yeah. For how how the defense was shifting, yep, and I think with CJ the same thing. You could see a lot of that competence, except with CJ, it's more refined. Yeah. I think, and I think part of that is That's part of that word. was his upbringing. Like the Ohio State offense is a lot more complex than a lot of people wanted to to put out the narrative that it was. Because like like the Ohio State offense is way more advanced than Clemson in what they run. Oh yes. So like CJ had like four hundred level education compared to what Deshaun had in at Clemson. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when it comes to football, and then you put him in a system here with Bobby Slowick where it's much more regimented than what Bill O'Brien does. There's much more of a system to yeah. it. So it kind of – I feel like like CJ could have gone to different places, and if he had gone to school at a different college and he, if he had gone to the NFL somewhere else, it's almost like you take two intelligent kids, but you put one with a really good tutor <laughs> in a really good school, and then you put another one in the crappiest school possible. Right. You're going to get two different outcomes. Yes. I think the CJ's had – CJ's had just the right level of like tutelage along the way that you see the absolute best of him. Yeah, he said it in an interview fairly recently. He was asked to do more at Ohio State than he's asked to do in the Texans system. As a rookie, in some respects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, there's, that's the next step for him next year is a lot of the pass protection stuff. Right. You know, like some of the issues that he started to get towards the end of the year, um, it's, it's stuff where when he gets to that higher level and he has his whole offseason mm-hmm. to – to make things natural, I think you're going to see you're going to see a huge improvement in that coming just from just from the quarterback. So you talk about you worry about the offensive line. A lot of the things with the offensive line can be fixed, including in the run game yeah. in this system, especially with the quarterback directing traffic, with the quarterback really recognizing and understand fronts to get into the right run play, all that stuff. Like that's that will get better next year because CJ's just he's he's. As he said himself, he's still a rookie, and there's still things that he doesn't know what he knows. Yeah, he's he, as advanced as he is. That's he doesn't know what he doesn't right. know. Yeah. Right, right, right. Here's one more from C.J. Stroud. This is from the Pivot Podcast. Channing Crowder, Fred Taylor, Ryan Clark talking to the Texans' rookie quarterback. What's his mindset going into games? Going to those games, like the Bengals game, that was our first big-time, big-time game. Like, I think that was the first time we actually played on live TV, um, and I knew it. And I was like, okay, this is okay. my coming-out party. 
And it was back in Ohio, back where I played college. And we ran out, and I just hear booze. And we went three, no, we had a, a decent first drive. And then we came back out, and I think one of their teammates, one of the, one of the dudes was like just talking mess. I was like, all right, bro, I'm gonna be here for 60 minutes. Like, like, <laughs> like I'm not, du- I'm not tucking no tail. Like, cause right. he like bumped me after I threw a pass. I was like, you better be, like, I'll see you after the game. Right. And I seen that same dude after the game. <laughs> oh man, you the best. Like, like, you know, and it's all love. Right. And I'm showing her love back. But it's right. like, you can think what you want to think about this rookie young dude, like whatever. Like, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna be here for 60 minutes. Right. I might throw a pick. I might make a mistake, but I'm here. Yeah, that's good stuff. He he's he is a really strong-minded kid. Um, my favorite part, as I could tell, yours was two sets. Or that was the first game they played on live TV. Yeah, I, I think I think what he meant was that was the first time they were the featured game at noon. You know, like they Iron Eagles doing you know the game meant? instead of you he know meant, he meant it like in the way of like it's live. You know, okay. like, you know, like things are live or hopping or things yeah. or whatever. I that, I think that's how he that how he felt it. Yeah, I hope uh, I he makes it sound like they were on tape delay for their other eight games. What if his mom's that? got some setup where she didn't realize that he uh, right. that he's actually on live TV and yeah. she's like trying to watch the stream on YouTube afterwards? Or something. <laughs> Don't send me any spoilers. <laughs> I want to watch it like it's live. First time we were on live TV. Yeah, it was the first time it was a featured game. Or yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and and you could tell too. That that was the first time that maybe CJ felt like okay this is a like this is a big NFL game because it was yeah you know you remember that that was they were coming off the Tampa Bay win which really that was the game you know I often refer to the Pittsburgh game as the game where we found out in Week Four like okay we may have a team here yeah the Tampa Bay game was the one where you go okay you might have an elite quarterback here right because right? he was right. coming off that Carolina game in Week Eight where where he and everybody else were terrible offensively yeah. and then he comes back the following week after talking all week long about stretching the field and taking deep shots and he and Bobby Slowick have been talking about it all week blah 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 and he throws for 470 yards and five touchdowns in that Tampa Bay game and he was the story yeah. all week long leading into that matchup with Joe Burrow. The, the cool thing about that, too, and Bobby Sloak has kind of confirmed their relationship. It, it's not like there was ever like in question or a big scandal or a report that had to be confirmed, but both Bobby Sloak and C.J. Stroud have talked about it in, in a way that does not sound like a normal rookie NFL quarterback with his offensive coordinator. That's right. You know, and Bobby Sloak specifically said that they were able to speed up the level of things that they talked about very quickly to the word to the point where it's almost shorthand. Yeah. Because CJ does like he does his homework. You know, there's a lot of things I, I think sometimes sometimes in sports you'll see guys and this happens uh, yeah, this happens with with some athletes a lot. Um Something will get labeled instinct mm-hmm. when it's actually very specifically textbook work. Uh, you know, with linebackers, a lot of times they'll get labeled as instinctive when it's in fact yeah. that they've really learned by watching film and by learning from their coaches how to identify tendencies and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think with CJ, the thing that you can tell when, when everybody out there brags about how much they watch film and everything, if you're a coach and you've got a game plan, it, like you can watch all the film you want. If guys aren't doing their homework, they come in in the morning and it's like they have to learn from scratch what they're doing in specific situations because yeah. the game cha- the game plan changes every week. Yep. So you can tell real quickly when you've got a quarterback who spent or a player in general, but especially a quarterback who spent time in his playbook the night before mm-hmm. and went through. So all of a sudden you are you get to hit fast forward. Yeah. Like we don't have to break all this down and go everything through everything piece by piece because the guy's just done his homework. Yeah. So it's nothing more. 
it doesn't have to be like sneaker commercial level motivation or anything. It's just getting in your book and like going through everything to where you can speak in shorthand the next yeah, day. Yeah, when you lay it out that way, and you mentioned Bobby Slowick too, and the way they're able to communicate and probably yeah. talk shorthand to each other. Think about all the things heading into this next season that is going to just it, that they're in the HOV lane now. Like CJ's not doing any of the draft stuff and yeah. the combine, and he's able to have a normal off season yeah. where he can get into like he he can do whatever the prep work is to be a Houston Texan, not the prep work to be the second overall pick in the draft. Bobby Slowick and Gerard Johnson coming back, he doesn't have to learn the language and learn the nuance of a yeah. new offensive coordinator, a new play caller. That and they're going to need that. The schedule's a whole lot harder next year. Like it, they're they're going to be way sped up from what they were in twenty twenty three. Well, and it's one of those things in this interview on the pivot because it's an hour long interview, and I'm I'm going through to grab some more bites as we go along. Mm. But I, I think part of it too is that CJ at one point says, "I didn't know what I didn't know." Yeah, and. When you're doing all that stuff in the offseason, when you're working with Dalton Schultz and Nico Collins and Tank Dell, obviously those guys are together all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only so much you can work on until you experience what the obstacles are in person. Yeah. And now those guys have that common ground and experience to where whatever they worked on last offseason when they rented that house in California yeah. and all that, like you, you get to speed all that up mm-hmm. and you start to have that nonverbal communication. That's where, like, the Dalton Schultz signing is really interesting to me because, it, look, there's a reason he's not a marquee free agent. I think we saw that. You know, like, he's, he's not physically gifted. He's not a good blocker yeah, or anything. Yeah, watch the two tight ends in the Super Bowl this, right, yeah, <laughs> on yeah, Sunday, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, he's not those guys. He's not those guys. Yeah. And yet, and, and, and I'm all for drafting. I would tie, draft a tight end in the first round if the right guy is there. But, um, but I still think that the shorthand communication and the understanding between Dalton Schultz right now and C.J. Stroud yeah. is very valuable. Yep. And uh, it's worth retaining Dalton Schultz as long as it's at the, pri- at the right price tag. I For think sure. you, you go backwards a little bit if you have to start over with just, just a rookie and Brevin Jordan there. Yep, I'm with you on that. Um, text message. We are getting texts here on Radio Row, live here. Thanks to Yingling Flight for bringing us out here. You can watch us on the YouTube and Twitch streams, as I know many, many, many of you have been doing the last few days. Yeah, somebody um, on the YouTube stream said that I, that I look tired, that I, I sound tired. I said, damn, Seth isn't sounding very awake. I feel like I sound tired. Like, I feel like I've got kind of a morning voice thing well, going on Quit bringing me down, bro. Sorry about that, man. I know. A, I, I do. I've a, I got a gravitational pull where I'm dragging Seth this down is it, with you're me. Doing a, you know what you are? You're Al Michaels. <laughs> no, you're Curb Herb Street. <laughs> Curb Herb Street, I believe. He's just fine, except that for uh, for being with Al Michaels, he uh, he brings out the worst in Al Michaels. Kidding. They're they're they're, they're not high they're, energy. They're enough. feeding off each other in the wrong way. I was uh, I was actually I was kind of I was low energy by my standards in the six a.m. segment. I okay. admit to that. Well, bring it the rest of the show, bruh. All right. Yeah, you got. We were this. talking about contract stuff. Yeah, that's true. With Altuve, it was I mean, less less contract, more more love. More, yeah. yeah. Um, well, Altuve, so text message about Altuve. Altuve has a legit chance to get to three thousand hits now, right? Uh, or was he already on pace? I actually did the math. That was one of the first things I looked up yesterday because because my thought was, okay, he's here through twenty twenty nine. This is great. We don't have to watch him get hit number three thousand in another uniform, or at least the potential of that yeah. existing. One hundred and fifty nine hits. Per season through the end of that contract mm. gets him to three thousand. The only thing I would worry about with him is uh, is simply health, health as it was last year. Health and he's less of a hit machine than he was early in his career. He's much more of a kind of a rounded out like I mean he still hits like you know two eighty two ninety. But when he was getting two hundred two hundred twenty hits a year early in his career, 
He was a singles hitter. You know, he's yeah. he's competing for the batting title now. He's he's, he's a nine hundred OPS guy. He's had though uh, like two thousand twenty one, one hundred sixty seven hits. Two thousand twenty two, one hundred fifty eight hits. Last year with the injuries, he's hitting just as well as he ever has. Yeah. He's just right. He's not in the the two hundred plus level. Right. Hmm. Right. That is. Uh, you say one fifty nine or one one fifty nine per year through the end of the contract. Yeah, he's he's a 2047 hits right now. This is where I think my plan for Altuve mm. is that when he gets up to around age 36, yep. 37, yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead and bulk that little dude up 20 pounds and be the DH and oh. let him crank. Oh, okay. Let him just, just like I, I would have him uh, just line up with his foot pointed towards Towards the Crawford <laughs> boxes, pointing at the Crawford just boxes, not even yeah, just open that. the stance right up, <laughs> just like face the Crawford boxes, yeah. and just and crank just away. BP man, you know how strong he is. He's BP, and that's without dude. without uh, yeah. He packs a wall. We'll, we'll bring in the best Eastern European chemist <laughs> to to juice him up. I like it. He'll be he'll just he'll he'll set a home run record as a thirty eight year old. We've got and nobody will be suspicious of anything. We've got right exactly. We've got headlines including Jose Altuve signing a new contract. We'll get you the details of that there was other Astros contract news yesterday with someone who I would say was one of the most popular Astros last year signed sealed and delivered whole lot more to get into in headlines that is coming up next as we continue live from Radio Row Yingling Flight presents Sports Radio 610 live from Radio Row coming to you live from Las Vegas here's Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. All right, let's start with the big headline. We're live on Radio Row in Las Vegas. That's not the headline. I'm just pointing out where we are geographically located right now and want to point out that it's Yingling Flight, uh, our presenting sponsor here in Las Vegas, uh, the uh, the best, best light beer uh, on the planet, uh, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs, and sending us to Radio Row. Those are all the things you need to know. So we thank Yingling Flight for that. Let's get to headlines. And the big one, actually, a baseball headline today. The Astros get Jose Altuve signed, sealed, and delivered for uh, a five-year contract extension, 2025 through 2029. He's got one year left on his contract he signed back in 2018. That's the upcoming season. But he was going to be a free agent, set to be a free agent after this season. He and Alex Bregman both. They get at least one of them checked off as, uh, as signed for yeah. the next five years after that. Uh, it's five years, a total of $125 million. The way the contract is structured, he's getting a $15 million signing bonus, salary of a $30 million for the first three years of the extension, and then the last two years, maybe the last two years of his Astro and Major League Baseball career, He'll be coming in at $10 million a year as of right now. So five years, $125 million. I think this is a phenomenal thing for both sides. This Seth. is, uh, I, I guess, the, the biggest downside would be if you're worried about his health uh, over the course of the next five years. Mm-hmm. I think to retain a player of his caliber where he is still, when healthy this year, he was very much in line with his MVP season in, in a lot of respects. He's still that good of a baseball player. But he's getting up there in years. I, I think that this is about as close as you're going to get to Jim Crane basically giving a 10-year contract. If you take these last two contracts from Jose Altuve and figure, okay, the tail end of a 10-year contract would usually be overpaid for a guy by yeah. a big amount. This is not. You're, you're much closer to the finish line here on this sure. extension. And it's conceivable that he's, he's going to be a very, very good player for the majority of this extension. So there's some risk there at the back end. But even that, as you pointed out, Sean, there, the, the salary looks way more reasonable than it does for a lot of guys when they're 38, 39 uh, on some of the longer-term deals. I think if he were a free agent, if he yeah. hit free agency, 
I think he'd get a deal like this at least yeah. five years, one hundred twenty-five million. Some big market team would sign Jose Altuve to be one of the catalysts for their offense for the next three years right. with the idea that they would overpay for the last two years of that deal. He has said before that he'd like to play until he's 40. Mm-hmm. This will take him through his age 39 season. That's right. So the only uh, – like, it, look, I'm, not, I'm not holding him to that math or anything. Mm-hmm. But if he does play until 40, I would imagine, given what he's done – and usually he's, he's either pushed his agent or you know accepted – accepted extensions long before free agency now every time he's done a deal i would imagine that if he gets to age 40 with the astros there's not going to be a single part of him that like it needs to needs to just go ahead and and try to get the most money possible elsewhere i the biggest thing with me forget about the contract value the annual value of it the biggest thing for me is this virtually assures that Jose Altuve will never wear another team's uniform. That's a big deal to me because it doesn't happen very often anymore. It's a big deal to me, too, because the two guys that Jose Altuve is most often compared to as an Astro are Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagwell, both of whom never played for another team as well. Sentimental. It's a sentimental thing. And in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? It does to me. I like that kind of thing. So, um, So Jose Altuve gets his deal done. Mauricio Dubon. Got his deal done yesterday. He won his arbitration case against the Astros. He was the only one out of all the arbitration-eligible players to actually go to arbitration. Three and a half million bucks. I can't imagine. Mauricio Dubon with that sweet, sweet face sitting there in the, the, the arbitration Don't courtroom. I like to think of it as a courtroom. his sweetness for weakness. <laughs> all right okay yeah 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 we don't even know if he's that kind he just looks sweet he just looks like a nice kid he's not yeah. kind to jordan alvarez we know that he always makes little smirks that's to the camera <laughs> before they kiss each other's necks <laughs> yes yeah. yeah. oh no 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 sorry that's martin that's maldonado yeah it's maldonado <laughs> this but but it, it, in all seriousness like this mauricio dubon was one of the most he was one of the more underratedly valuable astros last that's year that's probably what the arbitration committee said when they delivered their ruling just look at his face look at him yeah. Are you going to pay this guy three and a half million? What's wrong with you people? Yes, yes. My God! I tell you what, if you get out, if you get out of Mauricio Dubon, what you got last year, three yeah. and a half million is a huge bargain. He was he was really valuable. Ironically, a lot of it's substituting for Jose Altuve the first two months of the season. Mauricio Dubon might be the the nice sweet kid that also helps pay Alex Bregman or Kyle Tucker. There you go. You know, by there getting you. production out of him at that, yep. at that price. There you go. Um, so uh, so there's your Astros news here in headlines. Big headline making the rounds yesterday, Seth, um, that, and this kind of came out of nowhere, and I'm anxious to see where this goes, but according to the Wall Street Journal, ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers, which owns TNT, hmm. are combining their sports rights to launch a new sports streaming service. Um, the service is going to be available to all ESPN+, Plus, Hulu, and Max subscribers, and each company is going to own one-third of the product. So that's just the headline. It's very they, like they might. Are people speculating that this might end up being like some place where they take an entire uh, like the, a package of NFL games or what have you? Well, streaming's been a big topic of late yeah. because the NFL put a playoff game behind a paywall, right, with Peacock. Yeah. So, so there, I've seen a lot of articles, a lot of think pieces like, could they put the Super Bowl on a streaming service someday? Yeah. And the answer is, everything's going to be streaming someday, Eventually, right? right. Eventually, um, I, I think, I, I think the. I would say the reaction I saw and the reaction I had myself was maybe like more concern or just um, I've got a lot of questions than like super excitement about it. You know, like yeah, like it can mean a million different things. I think the biggest thing you always got to pump your brakes on with any of the excitement over streaming is that the product still kind of sucks. 
But I yeah. just, I, it's They're rare that I watch a sporting event <laughs> on, a, on a live stream where I'm not a extremely conscious of a huge delay yeah. and B where I don't get, yeah, some kind of buffering issue or some kind of technical glitch. Yep. I would just, it's going to get better with time. Yeah. But I do. And, and then the, I know that every time I say this, I get some pushback like I'm like people are thinking I'm complaining about the price or something like, OK, there is. Yes, I do have an issue with just the the notion of having to pay money just on a one off. It's the hassle of all of it. It's a hassle of keeping track of like various streaming services and everything. And especially now where it might be just for one game. Like, OK, I got I've never watched a damn thing on Peacock in my life other than a football game. Yeah. But I think I still have the, the subscription. <laughs> I, uh, Brandy, if you're listening right now, go cancel our Peacock. <laughs> so no. it does. It feels like you're. It feels like you're being uh, duped a little bit. It yeah. feels like you're being taken advantage of in some respects. I think it's really interesting to me. Forget about the delivery method of the content streaming yeah. um, for a second. That Fox and ESPN and Warner Brothers all got together to collaborate on something like this. These are companies that are normally competing with one another to get the broadcast rights to things. Oh. That they're collaborating for some sort of method. All three of them to deliver it, you know, to deliver this content to people. Is this a, is interesting to me? Is this is this an antitrust issue? <laughs> Can we dive know. deep into it? I don't know, but I, we, here's yeah. how I think of it. It'd be like if in Houston, like sports radio six ten, yeah, seven ninety and ninety seven five are all getting together to put one big app together to deliver sports radio content to Houstonians. Yeah. You know, like it's these are competitors that are working together. I, I, I just, until I see what exactly it is, then, you know, that'll answer a lot Tell of questions, what. but I just find it interesting that they, that they, this came out of nowhere. You know, I like, don't know about this new conglomerate that you're talking about, but I'm getting the top damn bunk. I'll tell you that much. All right. <laughs> yeah, There's going to be some, I'm going to have to Debo some fools on the way in. All right. <laughs> you should. Okay. Um, yeah. I just think like this came out of nowhere and that the three of them are working together on it. Like I've, who's the way. Okay. It's Fox ESPN and, and Warner brothers, and Warner which owns brothers. TNT and TBS, which has, you know, they've got the NBA, they've got the March Madness uh, and other stuff. And cartoons. Cartoons, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Impractical Jokers. Uh, that's What's Impractical Jokers? You've never seen Impractical Jokers? No. Really? Is that Ashton Kutcher? No, it's the, it's the, it's similar, it's, it, it's the show with the, f- no, the, you're talking about punked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah No, no, yeah. no, it's, it's the show where they, they got those four guys who are high school buddies, and three of them are on headsets, like, hiding somewhere, and the, the, the fourth one, yeah. and they rotate, uh-huh. has, like, an IFB in his ear, and they, they, they make him do things out in public, like, walk up to people and say inappropriate things to oh, them really? and stuff like that. I mean, you would say, like it. They have to say whatever's in there. Yes, yes. I like that. I like the, it's a practical joke that the, the guy is in on. Yeah. They're just playing, they're making yeah. their butt. It's like a truth or Daryl. Yeah. It's, it is. Yeah, it's, I didn't it's, like punked at all. Like I, I'm, I'm amazed that anybody's surprised that Ashton Kutcher has found himself wrapped up in some of this Me Too stuff. They're like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm surprised it was just his buddy there. It was, it was the Ashton Kutcher was basically just destroying people. Text in would say if you watch Impractical Jokers, would Seth like it? I think Seth would love Impractical Jokers. To be clear, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Ashton Kutcher himself not implicated in anything. Right, right, right. His his buddy from the show there, yeah. Okay, a major, major NFL announcer thinks that we are in store for a mess. Who is it? Here in Las Vegas. you got to have to listen to the next segment, Seth. That's the tease. I wanted to go get coffee. Yeah, we got the audio for you. Is Las Vegas a mess? And is one of the head coaches in this game, was he a mess on the night of opening night? We will get to that coming up next. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.